Hey, everybody. It's Jackie Johnson, host of Natch Butte. We talk skincare, we talk makeup, we talk all things beauty. And my guest this week is Ariana Maddox. Hi. What do we talk about, Ariana? Oh, my gosh. We answer all of your questions. We do. We talk about how our dogs were in a Pharrell video together. We talk about... Um, exfoliation. Oh, we talk about exfoliation. We talk about uh, tanning, self-tanning. We talk about laser hair removal. We, we go there. We dive, do a deep dive in my makeup bag. We And Tom's. And Tom's. <laughs> and Tom's Sandoval's. So maybe check out Natribute this week and see what we're talking about. See you there. Guys, I want to tell you about a great sponsor I have, Bompus. They're premium high-performance athletic socks, and they're so comfortable you're never going to want to take them off. And because socks are the number one requested item in homeless shelters, for every pair of socks purchased, Bompus donates one pair of those to those in need. Almost one million pairs donated to date. 15% off the first purchase of four or more socks. Plus free shipping. So go to getbompus.com slash feral and buy some comfortable socks. Feral Audio. Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer, as I always am. Uh, thank you very much for listening. If you haven't listened to the show before, it is just what the title implies. It's a conversation with me and a fascinating person. And today that fascinating person is Terry Wall, who was from the all-girl punk band from the 90s, The Red Ants, and she <clears throat> is a chef. And she currently has her own uh, restaurant, Auntie M's Kitchen, in the Eagle Rock neighborhood of uh, Los Angeles. And she's joining me to talk about her cookbook, the Auntie M's Cookbook, which is uh, not just a cookbook. It's also got a lot of stuff about music, and it's a really, really great book. If you if you want to learn about making some great dishes and learn about some great music, this is the book for you. Terry will tell you where you can buy the goddamn thing at the end of the episode. Um and I used to work for Terry, so this is interesting. And I, I, we, I forgot to mention this during the the interview, but uh, Auntie M's and Terry Wall have been uh, instrumental in probably the survival of a great many musicians and artists and actors, com- comedians, and whatnot. Um, she gave me a job when I was unemployed, she hired me solely based on my shoes. <laughs> she liked the shoes I was wearing, and uh, that that was my interview. She was like, mm, I like your shoes. You're hired. And uh, it was a life changer because I had been living in L.A. for a while. I had a lot of crappy, crappy jobs, and this was the, the first place. And I got to meet a bunch of really amazing people by working at this place. Terry is... Uh, a very she just seems to cultivate great things about her, so it's a very interesting and great episode. Um, I would like to uh, point you, my listeners, and also if there's any new listeners, I really want to thank you. Uh, I've been growing at a rapid pace, and it's really it feels good after two years of doing this to feel like maybe uh, you know that my work has paid off and that uh, I'm getting listeners all over the world. So that means I'm very thankful. Thank you. Uh, if you could visit my website, themattdwyer.com, and, uh, you know, you could, uh, there's opportunities to buy craft beer there, and I get a kickback of that craft beer purchasing, so please do that. 
Uh, that would mean a lot to me. Um, and that's all. Uh, this is uh, my second to last episode before we go on our big road trip around uh, up there to the Oregon area and interview a bunch of people. So I'm really excited. Uh, this is... I'm going to stop babbling now. Um, we're going to get to the episode... Terry Wall and her great cookbook, Auntie M's Cookbook. Please purchase it. If you like cooking, it is a goddamned must-have. Here's Terry Wall. In the intro, when you write about your mother, I got... I got really did it make choked. you cry? It did. I yeah. got choked. I All been, my friends cry. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah. Everybody texted me and said they cried. <laughs> <laughs> it was also, you know, I, I'd been day drinking and it was Father's Day. Right. So it was, uh, it was an extra emotional day. I thought you weren't funny on this show. Sorry. I, I didn't mean to. The last show. time it'll happen. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, well, my mom. Um, yeah. She really. I think influenced the foundation of cooking for me, not in specifically the recipes that I make, but just in kind of, you know, making things from scratch and, 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 you know, growing your own produce and all of that stuff. Because I feel like my mom was like trendy before, before this whole homesteader thing kind of, kind of got rolling here with all these home cooks and, 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 and uh, you know, backyard canning and all of that stuff. Um, was it a cultural thing from her? Like, was it... Definitely, like, are you yeah. With so she is from Austria. Um, she came over here with my grandfather and grandmother after the war, um, and she was four years old. So, you know, my grandmother and my mother cooked their whole lives just because that's what you do you know you don't go out to dinner and stuff so um my mom was the mom who had like the chocolate chip cookies ready when you got home the cold <laughs> milk and all that stuff yeah it seems too because I, I think we're around the same age for that time like i don't know if it was but like parents didn't really take that approach anymore like all our shit was frozen and canned yeah yeah she got she had a little stint with that i remember that she used to she used to she used to make french toast for dinner and then pour canned cream spinach on top that sounds terrible it's just awful yeah so so she got into the canned stuff for a while but not a ton not a ton you know everything was made from scratch you know my grandma would make apple strudel every weekend um you know, really with the gardener? Oh. It might not show up. These He's are right there. <laughs> He's right there. Well, we'll, we'll just have to do. Uh, <laughs> boy. Um, so, so, so. Anyway, yeah. You know, they, they. My mom always made pies. She always had fruit trees in the backyard, lemon trees, peach trees. You know, she always uh, had compost piles going um, in the backyard. And so, yeah, she was like, she was Martha Stewart way before her time. Did it, as a kid, did that affect you at all? Or did you not care about it until later? I, it didn't even, I just thought that was a normal life. Oh, that's, you thought that's how it Yeah, I, I did. It didn't even, I didn't even think about it. Did you jump in and like participate or? Did it? 
Yeah, um, I definitely, you know, remember like sitting on the counter and licking batter out of the bowls and, you know, kind of help, helping that way. <laughs> um, but I didn't really get into cooking hardcore until I moved out and I was probably 18 years old when I moved out. And um, that's when I really got into cooking. Was myself. that, and you were in Long Beach, right? Or am I not? Uh, not at that time. When I very first moved out, I was in Fullerton, downtown Fullerton. I don't know. Um, and I opened up a vintage clothing store there in downtown Fullerton. And I'd have my friends over a lot and, you know, do dinner parties and stuff. And I was like 18 years old, which really cracked my mom up. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it crack her up? Just because I'm an 18-year-old, like, you know, teenager, like, having dinner parties at my house. It's not very rebellious, is it? No. No. <laughs> that was earlier. That's that also, earlier. I mean, that says, I mean, at 18, I couldn't even think about, like, opening up a vintage store is pretty yeah. impressive. Like, you've always sort of been do-it-yourself. Entrepreneurial. Yeah. Because I couldn't work for anyone else ever. I tried that for a little while. It didn't go so well. I, I, I had a job at a student loan place, Sally May, mm -hmm. and so we took phone calls with the head, headsets on to help people who couldn't pay on their student loans, and I finally got so fed up. I, our, our supervisor sat in front of all of these desks. She sat looking at us like the teacher, right, in her desk. So I got up onto my chair, and I gave her the double <laughs> flipper. <laughs> I said, I'm out of here. I am fucking out of here. I cannot do this. And that's when we started the Red Ants. That's a good way to start a band with right? a good fuck, solid fuck you to yeah, somebody, to the man. A, a double flipper, <laughs> a double flipper. I had it. She, she made me get escorted out of the building by security. I'm like, really? Really? You were pretty badass, I guess. Uh, and then, so you said you started, how, you were 18 when that started as well? No, I did that later. Um, I did that right before I started the band. But when I was 18, I opened up a vintage clothing store and did that for a long time. And then I uh, worked a job uh, doing, uh, de like, designing children's pop-up books. That was really fun. Um, but uh, then I did that, you know, Sally Mae loan uh, officer thing for a while. Did you not go to college or any of that shit? So I you did. I oh, was you going to college while I had my vintage clothing store, and that's how I paid to go to college. Yeah. That's pretty... My parents were poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was there like a musical influence from your parents, or was that something you just sort of found on no, your own? that was like total rebellion. Yeah. They were listening like Perry Como? Yeah. <laughs> no, actually disco. Really? Yeah. That, yeah, you have to rebel. And my mom took disco lessons. Really? Yeah. That sounds terrible. It was hilarious. Even back then, it was like, are you kidding me, mom? With yeah. the outfits and the shoes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so the Red Ants was... But did, so did you pick up guitar? Because in your book, you say something about, like, none of you guys really knew how to... You didn't know what the fuck you were doing? No, nobody knew how to play an instrument. But all of our boyfriends were in bands, and we were so sick of going to parties and ba 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 and just them talking about themselves and their dumb bands. So we're like, let's start a band. And it was, you know, all my girlfriends. And so I was like, I'm playing guitar because it's the coolest <laughs> instrument. <laughs> I never picked up a guitar in my life. I'm so not musical. Yeah. Um, and then Debbie... 
played bass because her husband had a bass. Uh, Carrie played guitar because her boyfriend had a guitar. And Leslie, our drummer, came along <clears throat> kind of like a, a half a year into it because my boyfriend at the time played drums. So let, and we're like, we cannot have a boy drummer. That is just not how this is going to work. And so Leslie came along, um, and she totally knew how to drum already. Like, you know, took lessons. I think she still takes lessons. <laughs> <laughs> so you, well, that's good. The, yeah. Having a solid drummer is the one thing. You, exactly. So what the hell is the first, like, first time you guys get together and you don't know how to play? How does that even happen? <laughs> like, is um, it just like it a bunch of. It wasn't pretty. Yeah, it was hard. Because, like, well, uh, my boyfriend at the time, who was in Clawhammer, he taught us how to play. He taught us how to play instruments, our instruments. But it was hard because, you know, your fingers yeah. have to, like... Were the boyfriends supportive? Because I could see a lot They of were supportive at first, but then... You got There good. was a lot of breakups happening. <laughs> there was a lot of breakups happening when the Red Ants got a lot more popular than our boyfriend's bands. And our boyfriend's could play really good and were like they were just awesome you know at their instruments and everything but you know like everyone wanted to see like four sassy girls on stage like playing guitar and short little mini skirts and and that screaming was screaming their heads off was that a little pre-riot girl or i mean there still wasn't a lot of all-girl bands no, that, right but it was Not kind of right when the riot girl thing was sort of going on but we didn't want to be like we didn't want to be lumped in with the whole Riot Girls because we liked boys. And Riot Girls <laughs> didn't like boys. <laughs> why didn't they? I, what, what was their... Because I'm not too Riot Girl savvy. You're not? No, I mean, I always like Kim Gordon, but oh, that Babes in Toyland and stuff. Bikini Kill? Yeah, it never grabbed me much. God, they were good. Were they good? Oh, my God. She had an amazing voice. Uh, yeah, she had an amazing voice. Uh, Kathleen Hanna. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. I still to this day like those records still totally hold up for me. I just don't. She dances in a Sonic Youth video, and I just remember thinking of being attracted to her. Yeah, she's totally hot. But yeah. she hates guys. I think that's her deal. Yeah. <laughs> still, I don't. I think maybe still she does. I guess I don't know. Yeah, because a lot of your songs weren't about a lot of the stuff that was going on in those. Because it was like. You it, guys were a lot more fun, and there was a lot of right. like everyone being pissy and right. sort and of our, irritated. Our songs were like about making out with boys, about having crushes on boys, about roller skating, about you know stuff like that. And it, for you guys to like the guys to get pissed because it was still male-dominated bullshit back then. Totally. And it was a lot. Did you get once you guys started getting? Would the other bands give you bullshit? Um, every once in a while, uh, not not a ton because we were pretty sassy. <laughs> but but we went on tour uh, with, um, oh, God, what's that boy band? Um, I say boy band, they're, and they're just completely huge now. Oh, gosh, who are they? Are they is, it, is it Long Beachy? Um, no, they're totally punk rock, and they're huge. I'll think of their name in Blink a minute. Blink-182? But Yeah, Blink-182. Wow. Oh, my God, you just hit that. You just nailed that. It was Blink-182. <laughs> I was, okay. Yeah. But so, they're kind of, they're dicks, right? Well, here's the story. It was when we were kind of at our prime of like being, you know, at our popular-ishness. I mean, and let's face it, we were never like filling arenas with 10,000 people. But, you know, we were like kind of popular for 
you know, to like, like the club scene. So we went on tour with Blink-182. They were opening up for us, and they got totally pissed off that they had to open up for a girl band. They left the tour. Really? Yep. And then they became huge. <laughs> but they're also like kind of like homophobic. Like they're kind of... They make a lot of fag. They say fag a lot on stage. It's like it's kind of like really guys. Well, that you know what that is is it, 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 it's just it's just jock rock. Yeah. You know all of that. Yeah. I can't believe that shit still exists. Like in this era. We're right, and and in an artistic field, you know, you'd think like musicians and stuff are like artistic and open-minded. Yeah, but. and especially that era because there was so many people being sensitive to women's rights and homosexuality. Yeah. It's like. No. I don't know how those fuckers made it through the cracks. <laughs> well, because there's a whole lot of lot of jockey dudes that yeah. love that music. And that's how. Yeah. And so and I read too in your book that it's like you guys would go on tour and it wasn't typical like you didn't have trashy shitty magazines. You guys were reading cookbooks. Right. <laughs> which is awesome. Right. Right. And so I mean so is that sort of your touring around the world that must have started influencing the way you cooked or viewed Absolutely. Food? Yeah, cuz we um like, we always had, like, Martha Stewart magazines and, like, cookbooks and Bon Appetit and Gourmet, back when Gourmet existed. Um, and so we'd read those on the road. Um, not to say there wasn't, like, some trashy magazines in there, because there were. But we did, a, we, you know, read a lot of cookbooks and, and cooking magazines. And then when we'd get to you know bands would put other bands up in different states and stuff so when we got to other bands houses on the road you know we'd cook for them and stuff there was this band i remember in i think it was new mexico called the eyeliners how good of a name is that (laughs) they were all girls the eyeliners i just love that name but i remember cooking them like pasta with shrimp and all this stuff but when we were out on the road we would especially like in the middle of the country like where it's you know very it's yeah. conservative and i don't know it's just weird middle of the country is a little bit weird it's yeah it yeah. gets well farm folk that and florida those are two and really florida, exactly. florida terrifies the fuck like i was oh. doing and it's like I, there's bumper stickers out there that you're like i have no idea it could get this horrible in florida we saw um a woman um uh uh she was a gas station attendant, like in the a mini mart or whatever. She had a KKK tattoo. And we were all like, what the fuck? Wow. Whoa. And there's some guy out there who's like, that's my girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's all like skinny. And or that or maybe out. her name was like Karen Carla Carson. <laughs> <laughs> Just initials. Karen, Karen. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it was her initials. But anyway, so we always... Um, you know, scouted out like like the local great places to eat and stuff. Like wh- where the locals would eat. Like in Baltimore, we went to this place called the Crab Shack, um, which was I think across the street from the club or down the street from the club. But it's like the best crab cakes you've ever had and uh, deep fried crabs. And um, you know, so stuff like that really influenced what. Uh, the recipes in the cookbook, um, you know, because that's like, sorry. I don't, I don't <laughs> it's like, well, that's what I was. Would, is there certain towns that you would? <laughs> you get, yeah, you got lost in the crab cakes. <laughs> now we gotta go to fucking Baltimore and get some. But what? Because uh, are there towns that you would be like, all right, we're going to Baltimore. Let's make sure we have a day off so we can eat and. 
Yeah, actually, what we said in Baltimore was like, we're going to Baltimore. Let's make the make sure we have the DAF so we could stalk John Waters. Did you find him? It, we actually got him on the phone from really? the club because the club owner uh, knew his phone number. So we got him on the phone. And we're like, oh, we're an all-girl band, and we really love you, blah, 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 and try to get him down there. He's having none of it. He's like, ugh. That's too You think yeah. he would? Yeah, yeah. He would. He would have, yeah. But he was really into L7. He made a mistake. He should have been into you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that thing about some band picking him up hitchhiking? Yes. Like? Oh, my God. Did you hear that NPR piece? No. Oh, yeah. It was a whole NPR piece on the book that he's doing. About hitchhiking? Uh, yeah, about hitchhiking. That's like, I mean, it's to me, it's like, it's like, wow, you're fearless, but it's also like, that's fucking crazy. You'll that's get totally killed. Crazy. But yeah, he made friends with a bunch of people that he still talks to today. I guess he held a sign up at the uh, truck stops that would say "Need a ride" or something like that. Just where you know, see, he hitchhiked across the country. Yeah, it's like you know, middle of Ohio. A lot of people aren't gonna know who the fuck he is, but it's still right. And some people, somebody, reckon, yeah, yeah, but people did recognize him though. Yeah, yeah. That's That's, uh, were there any other cities that stood out food-wise that you were in? Um, like New York, of course, yeah. and, and, and up the West Coast, of course, you know, through San Francisco and all of that. Oh, my gosh. Um, there was this place uh, in San Francisco that was called the Beehive, and it had um, um, uh, transgender... Uh, uh, people with beehives and that were the waiters and waitresses and it was the does that still exist i don't think so that sounds great i just i i i i will do that here someday for sure um (laughs) because i thought it was the best idea ever and i don't think they're there anymore but they also had amazing breakfast so that was yeah it was yeah, you, you could imagine? get away with me- mediocre food and still pull. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just that alone would drink, bring people in oh droves. Oh my gosh, it was packed every weekend. But my fr- uh, friends who lived up there, Jay Hinman, he took us there. The Beehive. Oh. Is, that a, is there a reason I recognize Jay Hinman, or am I nuts? He d- used to do a fanzine, um, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Fair enough. Not sure. <laughs> what he does anymore and then did you you started was the catering because i'm not sure like did the food overlap with the the band the professional food or did that the band end um it kind of the band ended and then the food started there was a little bit of overlap but um but basically i kind of you know quit the band to 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 start my business were you had enough of the because i mean that's a pretty you five albums that's a lot a lot of touring. I mean, that shit gets... Touring gets old fast. Oh, my gosh. A di- you're in a different city every single night, and you're sleeping on people's floors. Well, not at the end. I mean, at the end, we were staying in hotels, and we had, like, roadies and all that stuff. And, like, when we went to Japan and to Europe and stuff, we had, um, uh, like, translators and stuff with us. So it was pretty cushy and fun. Yeah, that's real cushy. <laughs> <But> <laughs> a driver, a roadie, and a translator in Japan. That's nice. After years of lugging your own bullshit, that must be. I let him. I didn't help one bit. I let him take it all. I didn't even carry one thing. 
<laughs> my working class guilt would be yeah, but yeah, I probably would be no, like fucked us. Yeah, five years of lugging uh, your own bullshit, you get sick of that much. real quick. Yeah, yeah. When we were in Japan, actually, um, we were uh, staying at this hotel, and we came downstairs, Carrie and I. We came downstairs, and there were these two. There's this little group of Japanese girls with cameras back when they had cameras. <laughs> cameras existed <laughs> and they were standing there and we walked out of the hotel and they started crying crying because they they were see, they see they because they saw us i'm like i'm moving here i How am does that here. feel that's gotta be the that weirdest. was crazy i'm like <laughs> totally have to get a life <laughs> yeah but yeah crying how, how is it because there's you always hear like how you know there's groupies and shit for guys, but it's like there, is there dudes who are hanging around like trying to get with the red ants? Oh my God, yes. I always said that our audience was 14-year-old girls and 40-year-old guys. Oh, so it was that, older creepy dudes? Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, girl band geeks, we used to call them. That's interesting. And they would... They, GBGs. Would they, <laughs> would they be like nervously approaching? Yeah. Or Was there anybody who was ever like... Like, or like oh, that guy's actually... Stalkerish. Or like... Like kind of a lot, a lot of them were. Yeah, weird, creepy. Like weird, yeah, that's got it. Because I mean, it's can be creepy as a dude, but a woman, it's a different yeah. vibe. Because because yeah. men tend to do awful things in the world, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kill, maim, and rape. Yeah, um, yeah. But we always had a uh, guy roadies and stuff, so it was never. But yeah, totally. There's tons of weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. Did they throw their underwear on stage? No. <laughs> Just some big, awful boxer shorts coming at oh, you. Oh, God. No, no underwear. No underwear. A lot of proposals. A lot of, oh, my God, I love yous and all that. Weird. Yeah, that's terrible. But that reminds me of this guy who, um, he, uh, one of my employees came up to me in the restaurant the other day, and uh, Jeff, and he was like, Terry, there's a guy at table number 14. I want you to sign this cookbook. Uh, that he just bought and I was like okay so I walk over there and it's this like big like metal dude like big dude like heavy metal like had a beanie on and like black sunglasses but with the sunglasses were on the beanie you know type <laughs> of thing and he's just like big dude and he's like yeah um I'm I'm a, a pat and um you know I used to follow the red ants way back when and all of this stuff and um, I live in Colorado and I flew out here to see my sister and um, and so he was with his sister at the restaurant and he's like I heard you put a cookbook out so I wanted to come here and have you sign it and all that stuff and it turns out he has a Ripley's Believe It or Not record for head banging <laughs> for, the lo- for the longest time of any human being 35 minutes straight of head banging i was like and he brought me he brought me a flyer that he uh, xeroxed from the um book and the he Ripley's, signed it for, believe I... it or not but he brought me a signed flyer are you gonna frame that i hope i'm so <laughs> in love with it that's incredible. Yeah, 35 minutes of head banging. We are going to get back to the conversation here in a moment. But before we do, I want to offer you the opportunity to advertise on Conversations with Matt Dwyer. For $100, you get one episode 
where you can advertise whatever you want, your website, your blog, your business, your book, and it will be heard by thousands and thousands of people throughout the world. $200 will get you three episodes. The good thing is that once these episodes are up and running, they'll never come down. So this ad will exist for years and years and years. It is a really great bargain and a great way to advertise. Contact me through my contact page on themattdwyer.com and we could further email um, details. Also, feel free to use my Amazon page there to purchase things you need in the world like toilet paper and paper towels and I get a kickback of that money. Now back to the conversation. Thank you. Do you does that happen a lot where you have people show up at the restaurant just to see you? Uh so it, when I when the restaurant first opened, yeah, there was pe- like people from Japan would come in and yeah, uh but not uh, not much anymore. You know, people will say, "Oh my god, I remember way back when I used it's, to see you guys." But it's a place that a lot of I mean, when I worked there, like it was there's always the cramps would be the like it was kind of incredible. Right. It was I. It, it's Music. Eagle Rock became like the '90s rock sort of retirement town. Because <laughs> it was like everybody. It was like mind numbing sometimes. Yeah. It was like fuck. The Melvins are here. Right. Yeah, they are. They still go there. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the Red Hot Chili Peppers or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It's funny, and I think I. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure. Uh, maybe you know it did have something to do with like oh well the owner used to be in a band and all this stuff so I don't know but it's kind of funny not but there's also actors and comedians and yeah you've yeah funny uh, Jack Black he's a regular he's a regular <laughs> people can't see he's the shoulder swing but I just had to didn't <laughs> Jack Black he's a friend of mine yeah, yeah. he's this he did a quote in the cookbook. That's right. Yeah. And we're getting, but because I want to go back to the catering thing, because uh, uh-huh. we jumped ahead a little bit. Oh, that's right. what happens that's in the show. That's what I do. But it's it's uh, so you the red ants quit and you were ex- pretty much exhausted and you you randomly got into catering, right? Somebody just said we need a video shoot catered. Well, no, I wanted to cater and I knew I wanted to cater and I had sort of made it known to my friends and stuff. And then my friend Joel called me and he's like. Um, you know, I, I'm shooting, we're shooting a video and we need a caterer and it's for three days. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, uh, okay. And so I catered out of my house for five years, five years. So that first gig you, had you ever cooked on that, that size? No. I so call, you were just kind of thrown in Yeah, I to called the deep my mom end. and I'm like, oh my God, get over here right now and help me. Cause I, yeah, I've never, you know, so I'm like cooking up hundreds and hundreds of chicken breasts and just you and your mom yeah that's fucking crazy it is and then i and then we delivered the whole we set the whole thing up we delivered all the food we served the food we broke it down and went home again did the whole thing the next day yeah that's when i was rich no overhead (laughs) there's no overhead there's nothing except food costs you know so you and you were doing all that out of your house Mm -hmm. that must have been if you, because you were consistently working from that moment on. Yeah, consistently, and I was like catering like two or three shoots a day like that. You know, that's what it got up to until the health department came knocking at my door. How many hours a day were you working? Oh my gosh, day and night. I mean, I yeah, I lost boyfriends over it. 
Did you? Yeah, I was gonna say, did you have any life whatsoever? I did, but I it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, no, it it, it that was my life, and I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Do you miss that sort of uh, at all? Because yeah, I miss all that money. <laughs> <laughs> now it all comes in and it all goes out. Yeah, now you got to be legit. Uncle oh, Sam's got to participate. 30 employees. I want to shoot my head. Yeah, because even when I worked there, it was like nowhere near 30. No, but that's the, the catering also. Yeah. But yeah, it was so many employees and, you know. And you only opened the right. restaurant to facilitate the catering, right? You didn't really. Correct. Did you really ever want to open a restaurant in your life? No. No. no, no, but when I knew when the opportunity arose and I was going to do it, I was going to make it really good. You know, you're a fucking lucky person. Like, I mean, no, but I mean, you I'm like hard worker. I'm oh, no, lucky. you're hard. But you also have this like, I mean, and you have a presence and I mean, people love you, but you just like everything you do is very successful. There's because no I work hard. OK, it's not lucky. It's, Can I blame my failures on <laughs> my lack of luck? That's all I'm trying to do is make myself feel better. <laughs> yeah, you can. Forty you can. fucking five. Uh-huh. I know. Uh, I know. I think there is luck in there too. But. Yeah. No, you know, I didn't mean to say you didn't work hard. I no, didn't mean I know. that at all. I know, but I mean, but. but you do have, you're one of those people that has a thing about you and people are drawn to you. I have no idea why. <laughs> I don't know. You're very charming. And things, but no, I mean, I do think that's very true. I mean, there's a reason people come all over the world to eat at your restaurant because <laughs> they and have no life. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. D- yeah, and opening a restaurant. I mean, I wouldn't want to fucking do that. I used to think I wanted to open a bar, and then oh, I yeah. then you work in a well, bar. A bar and is smarter than a restaurant. That's for sure. That's where you really make dough. Yeah, but you also the insurance and people that's the same, get murdered. Start, same thing with a restaurant. But, yeah. But the markup on alcohol is so much better than the markup on food. Yeah, but someone's not going to eat five cupcakes and drive into a schoolyard. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> and that comes back at you tenfold. Yeah, really. Definitely, yeah. So what led from the book or the, the restaurant to the book? Because that was, is that, was that something always all these years that had been in the back of your mind? Kind of, and and and, and sort of the way the book turned out is, is what I've always had in the back of my mind, like just kind of, you know, talking about being a musician to then going into cooking and how it all kind of melded and all of that. The book is incredible on... Uh, on like a number of levels. Like I was flipping through it this morning and you, because you have a song that goes with each recipe. Yes. Which is a fucking great idea. Which, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I was so. I was thinking if you're a dope who kind of likes music but you're a little, like there is, because it's not just, you would think it's like, oh, it's all punk. It's a lot of different genres. Yes. Yes. It's like you could just look at the music alone and be like, oh, I, I just got an education. Well, and that's what I hopefully people do that. And in the back of the book, there's a playlist, too. Like there's a playlist for each chapter. And yeah, it's really great. It's good. Yeah, I thought it was a good idea. Yeah. And because if I mean, if you're not playing music when you cook anyway, you're you're probably a lousy cook. Like yeah. I mean, it's playing hand in hand. Playing music and drinking wine. Exactly. What's better than that? If you could fuck while also <laughs> cooking, drinking <laughs> wine, music, and fucking. Well, you could, but from behind, I guess. Oh right? yeah, that's they true. Could fuck you from behind, right? See, this is why you run a business, and I. <laughs> Because I have all the good ideas. Yes. Yeah. And this is why I'm an employee. Uh-huh. But, what, <laughs> uh, so, but how did you go about getting the book? Because, I mean, 
that's not an easy trick even no i uh uh i have a friend christine moore who did a cookbook um she has a restaurant called little flower candy company and um well the cat the restaurant's a little flower cafe uh but she also does uh, candies and caramels and stuff and she uh she did a book and I was like, God, I really, I have this idea and blah, blah, blah. And so I talked to her. I'm like, how did I do this? And she, how did you do this? And so she gave me Colleen, uh, uh, the publisher's number. Um, and I, I emailed her actually. And I was like, um, okay, I'm ready to do a book and blah, blah, blah. This stuff just like, you know, let's do this thing. So she comes to the restaurant. We have a meeting, her and her partner. And um, I just told them my idea, and they totally went for it. I couldn't believe it. See? <laughs> they went for it. But that because you work hard. Because I'm lucky. And <laughs> But that's because it's not – it's fucking really difficult. Everybody in it's the world – so difficult. I can't even believe yeah, it. Yeah, because everybody in the world's like, I could do a book. And it's like, you can't. You have no idea how – the odds are stocked against you. Right. And right. you're probably not talented. Most people, not you. Right. Very, but it's, see, yeah. that is a little bit, but that's, but yeah. you have a huge, you've been on television a number of times yeah. doing, yeah. which I'm, I, I'm a real chopped nerd. And oh like, my God, that was the funnest show see, ever. See, that's because it's like, it's already for a dope like me to cook. I'm like, I like cooking, but it's like, you know, it's not, and yeah. then you're on tell you, it's got to be maddening, no? What, Chopped? To be like, yeah, and they're like, here we go. No, I loved it. Fuck, I would be shitting my pants. Yeah, no, I loved it. I loved every minute of it, and I should have won. Yes, you should have. Yeah, I should have. Who won? Some... The, uh, somebody who had a better sob story than myself. Is that the big thing? Is I think so. What was your story? I had no story. I don't have anything to sob about. That's what I kept saying. <laughs> That's what I kept telling them. They're like, no, you have to come up with an angle. I'm like, well, I don't have an angle because I don't I don't have any bummer things, you know, like I I just don't. And so throughout the whole taping, they're like, come on, we just have to think of something, you know, and I'm just like, no, I'm not I'm not going to let you do that to me. I'm not going to because I I'm not going to let you do that. And so. She had this, you know, story about how, you know, she, she grew up laughing, but it's not funny. <laughs> it's terrible. You know, she grew up all poor and Get in, line. in the ghetto and all of this stuff. And then, you know, I don't know. She had like a ton of kids and then uh, like her husband left her and she's raising the kids alone and. All of this stuff and and just ten thousand dollars that she was gonna win was going to help was going to propel her into her new business of making like meat pies or something like that. And they're like they said to me, they said, um, so what are you gonna do with the ten thousand dollars if you win? I was like, No, not much. I mean <laughs> it's ten thousand dollars. Like what is what I'm gonna buy a house? No. That's, I mean, it's not a lot. Once the taxes, right? You have like, like five. So I wasn't playing the game that they wanted me to play like that, and so I think that's why I lost. See, that's bullshit. That's what I say. But you know what? It's it's not because every person who wins, they've got a story. They've got a story. Yeah. There's one guy who, 
well, I don't know, he had a really bad life and got beat up and yeah. like had no and he bombed out the first round and then he like got his confidence and yeah. I but I bought into the story. Right, exactly. And 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 the thing is with my episode, if you watch it, even like if I watch it now, it totally makes you cry at the end when she went. And that's what they want. They want to pull the heartstrings, you know, because she starts crying and then I start crying and we're all hugging and blah, blah, blah. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, because they have to have a story. Yeah. It was a TV show. Would you want a TV show? Yeah, I would do it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's never really happened. I got to work on that next with my luck. <laughs> yeah, just w- sit around and just know your luck is going to take care of you. But yeah, I'd have a good TV yeah. show. Could you imagine? It would be great. I'd sell that goddamn restaurant and just be on TV all the time. <laughs> you know, that's what I like. I think like dudes like Bourdain and those. If I'm like and Michael Simon, I'm like, if you ever complain about your life, go fuck yourself. Right, but I don't think he. I think Anthony Bourdain has the best show don't you oh i'm addicted to every one I of his shows i am so addicted to we always watch it we have a bed picnic we call it we like we sit on the bed and eat our dinner like like on a on a towel or something just total white trash and watch that and we call it we have a bed picnic and watch anthony bourdain yeah we kind of there's no watching bourdain without wine i don't know why no because all he does is eat and drink God damn and it. talk about humping <laughs> who doesn't want that life I want that life. Maybe you could do the. That's how you make get your show. You you in you put in the humping, the kitchen humping that we talked about. <laughs> From behind. Yeah, you get you'll have the first <laughs> HBO cook show. Oh God. Speaking of, yeah. I will not humping, but <laughs> but you got engaged, and I heard the story is incredible. Is that a queer thing to ask on on, no, on a microphone? No, I I got engaged in Paris. Uh, just uh, gosh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? You're looking at me like, Jesus. No, who the fuck wouldn't want to get engaged in Paris? I know. Like, that's the dream spot. Yeah, no, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I was like, really? That was your reaction? (laughs) (laughs) I said that. He's like, I couldn't think of anything that I'd I'd rather do than that. That's really sweet. I know, especially because when I got proposed to, like, for a couple of days before that, I was super grumpy because it was a three week long vacation and I was over it. I was over like seeing the Eiffel Tower and seeing the, you know, fucking scent and going on boat rides up and seeing all this. Sounds grueling. And it's terrible. <laughs> all that food you were eating. I know. I was so it's tired of eating frog tired of eating the best <laughs> cheese I've ever had in my life. But I was. I was just like worn out, and I just didn't. I just want to. I just really wanted to lay in our little French apartment and lay there and watch TV. That's what I wanted to do. So I was grumpy and all of that, and he still proposed to me. I was like, "That's that's it, luck again." Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm so well. Okay, so so he had this idea that he was going to. We're going to go on this boat ride at eight o'clock at night, and. Then the Eiffel Tower lights up, you know, and then he was going to propose to me then and give me the ring then. And the only time we ever fought on the whole trip was on this boat ride because I looked at him and I said, you cannot take me on these tourist things anymore. It's driving me fucking crazy. You are taking me shopping tomorrow. We're going to shop the whole day and that's all we're going to do. And he has the ring in his pocket. I'm surprised he didn't throw that goddamn thing overboard. (laughs) 
And he says, and then it was only, I think it was the only fight we ever got in in, our, in the two years I've known him. And he, he was so mad. He went in the back of the boat and sat by himself. He's like, she could sit by herself. I can't believe that he didn't throw the ring overboard. So when did he pull the thing out? The very last day we're there. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Wow. A funny timing, but yeah. So do you plan on working on another book <laughs> called Humping? Humping, kitchen humping? Humping in the kitchen. Yeah, but yeah. is that like, because now, I mean, this is, it, you've done a, a lot with the restaurant, the catering, the book. And I've humped in the kitchen. And you've humped in the kitchen. <laughs> so what do, what do you possibly, oh, the, and the Red Ants. Yeah, Are they the re-releasing re something or am I nuts? Yeah, no, you're not nuts. Uh, it's it's, it's, uh, it's going to be on In the Red Records and it's the uh, Red Ants Greatest Hits, uh, which is really funny because we never even really probably had a hit at all. <laughs> <laughs> So it's the Red Ounce Greatest Hits, and it's double vinyl. Get the fuck out. Yeah, double vinyl. When is that coming out? Uh, anytime now, like in the next probably couple of weeks. Yeah. And are you already preparing for another book, or are you going to wait? Not yet. I, I think we have to see how this one does before I before I hit her up again. But I was thinking of like Auntie M's Cooks in Paris or Auntie M's Cooks in Rome or something like that. So I have to go back there. And then you can, then that shit's a write-off. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, I, I can't imagine the book. I mean, it already seems, maybe it's because we're social media pals, but it seems like. I know, it's doing well. Yeah, it seems was, like people. Oh, thank God. Jesus. Right? I don't know what the selling, how, I mean, I buy a lot of cookbooks. Right. Well, uh, cookbooks are the one of the best-selling books there are, you know, fiction, nonfiction. No one gives a fuck cookbooks. about that stuff anymore. No, they don't. They don't care. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But cookbooks are one of the best-selling books, so. So you're, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm betting it's going to do pretty great. I hope so, because, gosh, I just want to write another one. It would be so much fun, you know. Yeah. Are you... Also, did you ever think you could, I mean, you could self-publish. You have such a following that you could, and then you Then I really make a lot of money. Yeah, I, I have friends who do all. that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who has such a big following. He's like, I don't need to do, I don't need to go to a publisher. He's like, I could just do this myself. Ugh. And he would make a fuckload. Yeah. I um, I love my publisher, though. Yeah. Um, She's been so good. Prospect Park Books is, is uh, what they're called. And... um. That we've just, I don't know, had so much fun doing this whole thing. And is the book officially, it's officially out because mm -hmm. you've done the so It came out the 10th. June 10th was the release date. So it's probably in most bookstores. If yeah. they can't find it in a bookstore, where would they find it? Um, you can order it at AuntieMsKitchen.com or you can get it on Amazon. Yeah. But let that be your last ditch effort, please. Yeah, because you get more dough. Well, yeah, and you want to support your local indie bookstores. Absolutely. Yeah, so... That's that's what I like. Are the Red Ants going to play at all, or is that... Oh, gosh, I don't know. They want to. I suppose I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> but I just really think, like, you got to keep... you got to let the young kids play the rock and roll, not the... I mean, I don't want to get up on stage in my 40s and be like, oh, oh here I am, angsty. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have anything to be angsty about anymore. Sometimes I think that about when certain punk bands reunite and i'm like I that's the least that. punk thing on earth i always think that every single time it's like you you know like 
No, you're old. Get off stage. That's what I think. But there's certain bands that do it well. As, uh, oh, what? The Rolling Stones? No. 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 They, no. Uh, that's, I loathe Led Zeppelin with every fiber in my being, but the fact that Robert Plant refused to do a reunion tour because he's like, no one, we don't need to ruin this, which I was like, oh, good for you. See, I feel the same way. But like the Jesus Lizard reunited and it was fucking phenomenal see okay i would i would get i would excuse them for doing it because yeah you wouldn't even do one show i i probably have to <laughs> i probably have to but i would say if it was up to me i'd say no my it, gosh instead of t-shirts you guys could merch your book true well that's yeah. what i'm gonna do put my book right on that merch table um, is there any other means people need to follow you? Twitter, all that stuff? Oh, that yes. Um, on uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, shoot, what are all my things? <laughs> oh, look, I don't even know. Well, you probably, do you have, and what's the NTM's website? That's probably all things lead to you from there, correct? Yeah, but uh, my Instagram is what I really like people to follow me on. I have to look up my name. I believe it's 666 something. <laughs> Terry Wall. Terry Wall, 666. Um, T-E-R-R-I-W-A-H-L-666. That's my Instagram uh, uh, feed. And I always post like pictures of food. Oh, look, there I am in Paris. Yeah, Just I was proposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's um, a, I follow it, and there's a lot of great food and, yeah. and your chickens. Yeah, my chickens. There's, you know, puppies every once in a while, kittens, stuff that you should. That's, be who, that's uh, everything people like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then uh, Facebook, uh, Auntie M's Kitchen has a Facebook page. You can go there. Um, and then I also have a Facebook page, uh, which I can't remember what it's called either. I never know what it is. Uh, let me look. Is there any just other new bands? Are there new bands? Because there's a lot of old bands in the book too. But is there any new bands that you really? Because I don't. I go back and forth with a lot of new music because I, I, I'm getting old. <laughs> I, I mean, I love the OCs. Yeah, the OCs. Love them. They're on in the Red Records. That's who's releasing the Red Ants. Mm -hmm. Greatest hits records. And they can in the red has a website and you probably yes, get it from there. Yes, in the red records, yeah. Or at your local yeah, vinyl definitely. store. Um, yeah. I'm guessing if it's double vinyl, it's going to be 180 gram. I'm just trying to be real record nerdy. <laughs> That's going to be 180 gram, right? Right, right. Well, That's exactly right. Oh my um, gosh. Well, thank you very much, Terry. I hope oh you enjoyed gosh, this. This was so much fun. And uh, I like talking to someone who knows what they're talking about. Oh. Yeah. You have another interview later then. No. <laughs> But some of them are just, uh, yeah. uh, I try my best. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.
experience of the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.